Sometimes that winning personality you're so proud of is also the same reason why you don't have to actually worry about birth control. Hello and welcome to a show that says sometimes the best solution to an argument is for someone's left arm to go numb. That way the kids can play in a fire truck after they say goodbye to dad. Here on the Peter Pod Network! Season 2! Because your theory is we're going to go down there and have a donkey barbecue and I'm going to furnish the ass, right? Hey everybody, welcome back for episode 14 of the only show to discuss the taint hairs on Queen Elizabeth's shriveled up old corpse. Yeah, we did that. So with that in mind, let's get this show started off the only way we know how, and that is... I am Peter Bodies, Will in the back, and our mascot, Melissa Cody, aka the butt slut, had the scare of her life this morning when she took a massive shit, and the shit told her to either flush or eat her breath mint. That's right, the Peter Body Network is back again this week, and if you couldn't already tell... Me and Will went drinking before the show. I guess I should apologize now. This week will be a full show as this week's King of the Jackals is the staff for Senator Dianne Feinstein. The TV show The Bachelor Jumps the Shark and also the Oscar Minor Wienermobile will now be known under a less wienery name. And in local news, Manchester, New Hampshire should start handing out FAA licenses to the homeless as another one does a horrible job trying to learn how to fly off of one of the bridges over Interstate 293. Also, the WWE is coming to Southern New Hampshire and the Lobster Claw 3 restaurant in Derry just discovered a new way to crack open those stubborn lobster shells. Or more likely, the guy was just trying to kill his uncle. Find out all about this and more on this week's episode of the Peter Pod Network. And a special thank you to Shane and Merrimack for this week's butt slut joke. We love seeing them. We really love that it's become a thing. So if you want to send in a butt slut joke of your own, and if it's any good, have a red on the show... And send us a message at thepeterpodnetwork at gmail.com. We'll be sure to respond with something offensive. Guaranteed. And for those who just came in off the short bus, that's your fair warning. Really does make us concerned for our uh, public school system there that more than a handful of you wrote back shocked that we are the assholes that we are. And if you didn't want us to ask you about your girlfriend's other boyfriend, then don't tell us that A, you have a girlfriend, and B, that you can make us a cool anime logo for the show. I went to art school. The anime kids' girlfriends were everybody's girlfriends. And their boyfriends were usually guys making out with each other on the couch whenever they got drunk at a party. We did get in a special email this week from some old friends of the show. Those of you who uh, remember episode one of the Peter Pod Network, also known as the very first Horror Awards, remembers that while we were going over the Horror Award for internet personality, we mentioned three girls who were part of a private Facebook group that bagged on OnlyFan train wrecks, including a very special and brutal review of our very own Butt Slut, which, of course, we just had to share with you all. Well, it's been over a year now, and the girls have reached back out to us to let us know they're coming to Manchester for that fucking Taylor Swift concert. And according to them, they have some strange and creepy OnlyFans stories that they want to share with the Peter Pod Network. So stay tuned to future episodes, because the last time we spoke with these girls, Strange Brew in Manchester didn't have enough alcohol to erase the mental images they left us with. Also, remember to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening from. Give us a follow at Peter Pod Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We can also be found on Amazon Music, Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, YouTube, and a bunch of other places. I'm actually not too sure all the places we can be found, so if you see a search bar, then type in the Peter Pod Network and see what happens. And keep in mind, you can always find all things Peter Pod Network at PeterPodNetwork.com, the home of every episode, song, and shitty bit that we've ever made. 
Make sure to stop by PeterBotNetwork.com often as we fully recognize that we are massive assholes who say things that are massively assholic. And someone was dumb enough to give us an unregulated website to say and do whatever thing we want. So make sure to check it out and see what we piss off next. We also wanted to announce now that the weather has been consistently warmer that the PeterPod Network will once again start taking our talents on the road to towns and cities around New Hampshire. So just like last year, if you want us to come to your town, get the beers ice cold and let us know where to meet you, and we promise to bring that sarcastic asshole attitude that makes us the PeterPod Network. And if you're stuck deciding what you can offer us to get us to come to your town, let us help you out by saying that we could give a fuck about the museums and history of your town. Show us where to get a good beer and a story, and you'll have a much better chance of myself and Will in the back showing up with a fat bag and a whole lot of butt slut jokes. Now that that is out of the way, let's say we get our first segment started with... King of the Jackholes! Well, I guess you know we're about to piss somebody off. That's right, King of the Jackholes is back again, and we have a whole new first for KOTJ. This time our king is plural. And holy fuck, I don't know what they were all thinking. How this story isn't the biggest thing on the fucking internet is mind-boggling. So before we get too deep into this, let us announce that this week's King of the Jackholes is none other than the political staff for California Senator Dianne Feinstein. Or as some are calling them, the campaign to make sure no one finds out Senator Feinstein may be out of her fucking mind. Now, we're not trying to pick on an old woman with what appears to be some serious health issues, but shit, son... We figured the people shopping her around Washington, D.C. like some reboot of Weekend at Bernie's deserve more than a little shit thrown their way. So you can thank us all for this little public service a little bit later. At first, Diane Feinstein's staff was telling everyone that the senator is just dealing with some slight complications from contracting shingles a few months ago. But after the senator got pissy with a reporter who welcomed her back to see uh, D.C., just because the senator apparently couldn't remember that she spent the last three months in California... And she even went so far as to bitch out the reporter about votes she made on the floor in Congress during that time. Which, as you can imagine, has scared the shit out of a lot of people and reminded everyone to check on Grandma and make sure that strange noise she said the microwave was making wasn't actually her cat getting the worst suntan of his life. People in Washington politics and the media are asking if the Democrats are just trying to keep Feinstein in office so they could have that extra vote along party lines. And they may not be wrong as Nancy Pelosi's own daughter, who's actually also named Nancy which is something I did not know girls did. Anyway, she's been seen helping the senator navigate the hallways at the Capitol. And reports are coming out that if someone isn't with her, well, then she has no fucking clue where she is. Which means you could be taking a shit in one of the stalls in a congressional bathroom, and if Diane Feinstein gets away from one of her handlers, well, that quiet moment of peace while you drop the Cosby kids off at the pool could very likely turn into a full-blown impeachment hearing for the soap dispenser. Staff is said to be setting up her schedule of meetings so that as few people as possible are able to interact with Senator Feinstein. And when she does show up, she's let in, votes, and then is immediately led the fuck out by members of her staff. So basically the center has been reduced to cattle, which actually does seem to make sense for members of Congress. Now we don't know how legal all this is, but it's got to be some kind of legal. I'm pretty sure people who have medical issues that would normally land them in an Alzheimer's ward at your local hospital aren't allowed to even vote on what's for dinner. And yet the senator from California has got a staff mostly made up of college interns who are doing their uh, best marionette act so she can vote on the floor in Congress like one of those monkeys you throw quarters at to dance. This would be fucking hilarious if it wasn't so sad. Diane Feinstein has spent almost 50 years in politics and now her last years are going to be spent in diapers while her staff constantly remind her that the cat she's been looking for has been dead for 30 years. And that ass she's been grabbing isn't her husband. It's actually a very scared college student who's just now learning the meaning of taking one for the team. So, is anything going to happen from all this crazy fucking shit? 
Is there going to be some ethics committee to look into the if the decisions coming out of the office of the senator of California are actually being made by the senator from California? Well, probably not. And that's not a shot calling Democrats shady or criminal. No, we think they're all sketchy as fuck and we'll do whatever they feel like to get well, whatever they want. Democrats and Republicans both they are all criminal pedophiles as far as we're concerned. And yes, we said pedophiles. They may not fuck children with their dicks, but they certainly are experts at fucking them with a pen. But back to why we were even talking about this for proving that Washington is exactly the fucked up, misleading, and corrupt place that we all thought it was. The political and office staff of California Senator Dianne Feinstein, well, you are King of the Jackals! Once in a generation of beverages discovered, so bold and rich with a finish unlike any other. Well, we don't have that here, but what we do have is Drunken Advantage Malt Liquor. The only malt liquor that tells those other drinks to suck our nuts. We take pride in how we make our Drunken Advantage Malt Liquor from the water that we gather at the great waterfalls that pour into our sewer drains out back in the alley to the pungent flavors we develop with only the freshest of roadkill cats and Clem's finger that one time. So when your kids are missing and you've decided you just don't give a fuck anymore, let the state have them. You need to sit back, take a deep breath, crack open a room temperature bottle of the only malt liquor that can kill Keith Richards. And what you have right there, well, that's the drunken advantage. Over seven generations of the Drunken Advantage Malt Liquor family have spent their days refining their secret malt liquor recipe in prison toilets all across this great country. And nothing says America like alcohol in jail time. So the next time the sheriff knocks on your door, asking about where your wife has been, you go ahead and show off your freshly paved driveway and enjoy what can only be described as the Drunken Advantage. And for a limited time only, if you happen to find Clem's finger in your bottle of Drunken Advantage malt liquor and are willing to sign a non-disclosure agreement, you can win some vaccinations and a tetanus shot on us, free of charge. Drunken Advantage malt liquor, from when shit is just too fucked up to be sober. Drunken Advantage Malt Liquor is not responsible if you should swallow Clem's Finger. If you believe you have swallowed Clem's Finger, see a physician right away. Glenn was on a lot of medications and you might eat some too. What are the words to the song? I don't know, but I'll carry on. Because I've got something to say. And here comes a random week. Hello, and welcome back to another rant for episode 14, and this week we got a weird one. Does anyone out there know what jumping the shark means? Well, let me paint a picture of a better time in history for you then. One where Neil Armstrong just finished up a game of golf on the moon. The students at Kent State University learn what happens when you get mouthy to a guy with a military-issued rifle. Walt Disney mastered the art of emptying your wallets with Disney World. And a special kind of man, more importantly, by the name of Arthur Fonzarelli, better known as the Fonz, jumped on a surfboard dressed like an extra from Greece on a little-known show called Happy Days and literally jumped a shark that was trying to eat him. Yeah, I'd like to say the people in the 70s were fucking weird, but I've seen what you people call entertainment nowadays, and seeing as how we are the generation that made Jersey Shore a thing, well, we should probably shut the fuck up. Anyways, that's how the term jumping the shark came to be, because some random show back when your parents still enjoyed life, 
before they had you, aired an episode that was just too silly for the viewers to believe. Which brings us to this week's rant. Can somebody please tell ABC Network that the new season of The Bachelor, also known as The Golden Bachelor, which will feature desperate elderly women competing against each other for the fake TV love of one geriatric man and his incredibly old white balls. Yeah, that's right. Instead of the young, attractive people that you would actually want to fuck, that has successfully kept the show on the air for about 20 years or so, the producers of The Bachelor have decided that if it's time for them to jump the shark, then by God, they should jump the shark so hard they're going to be adult diaper dispensers in every bathroom. One can't imagine that isn't all. How many episodes till one of these moldy vaginas learns that old man Bachelor is messing around with the other wrinkle queens by finding a set of dentures in his bed? And you know who we feel really bad for in all of this? The grandkids. Because you know they're gonna get sucked into this. And that smell that exists nowhere else other than Grandma's house. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. The mix of B.O. loneliness and impending death. Yeah. Imagine how strong that order's gonna be when there's 30 of those bitches all sweating and wheezing while trying to fish out link-covered hard candy from the bottom of their purses. And I hope they keep some emergency medical personnel in the mansion, not just while they're filming. An elimination on that show could take on a whole new meaning when it's a hearse and not a carriage that takes the night's big winner away. And don't get us started on the rose ceremony. You can now get one placed in your hand if you make it to the next round, and you can also get one placed on your coffin as it's lowered into the ground. I guess is that will be the episode where the other elderly attention whores all start drama that the lady in the coffin is always being so dramatic. And speaking of which, the cat fights in that show are going to go to a whole new level when the spinster widows are actual crazy cat ladies. It's going to be hard to tell Judith that her lemon bars are dry when she has 25 feral cats and 25 litter boxes to get her revenge with. They're advertising the show as the women arriving at the mansion have a lifetime of experience. Yada, yada, yada. And are hoping for a spark that ignites a future full of endless possibilities. I think it's safe to assume that future full of endless possibilities is estimated to be around six weeks. Then with any luck, you'll find another spark with the guy at the mortuary as they wheel your last spark off in a big pine box. Now, I suppose this wouldn't be the rant if we didn't include some type of final thought on this. So, well, here goes. TV, chill the fuck out. You've been running a show for so long that you're now down to using the ideas that include weekly osteoporosis checks. You, my friend, have jumped the shark. You have to take a show in a whole new direction. If it has to happen, then at least make it interesting and not a giant call for elder care services. Just picture some ideas we have for you. Survivor Leprosy Island, where you give every uh, everyone leprosy and whoever has the least amount of body parts to fall off of them wins. Or Bachelor Roulette, where only one of the girls has herpes. And the bachelor has to go through round after round, trying to avoid a consistent future cold sore. And with that said, I'd actually watch that one. Stay tuned for the PPN News, up next. Coming to you live from the Peter Paul News Station's world-famous Stage 5, join our hosts in discovering what makes you tick, New Hampshire. Is your neighbor secretly running a Taiwanese brothel out of his basement? Yes. Are they open when I get off work tonight? They are. Do we know if they accept checks? They do. Can someone call my wife and let her know I'll be late? On it. This is the PPN News. Welcome back to the PPN News for episode 14 in tonight's stories. Get ready, Southern New Hampshire's WWE is getting ready to put on a barn burner at the SNHU Arena in Manchester. Bring the kids, and actually on second thought, don't bring the kids. Lock them in a closet or something so you can actually enjoy the show and see some of the world's best pretend drama while drinking the night away guilt-free. And as a bonus, if you don't bring the kids, maybe you can actually get laid when the whole thing is over. 
And keeping in the tradition of causing unnecessary trouble on the Peter Pod Network, we would like to remind all of our listeners who happen to be fans of the WWE that when the show ends and the wrestlers go home, they don't actually go home. They go to the local hotels in and around Manchester. I know this for the fact because I've worked the front desk at a few and have even checked these wrestlers in. And here's another little secret. <laughs> they like to use Hilton hotels, and there does happen to be a certain newly built Hilton hotel directly across the street from the arena that they will be performing at. And if it helps, they don't really use an alias when they check in. They just use their real names. So don't do anything you shouldn't, and definitely don't do anything we wouldn't, but do have some fun and see what kind of fun and funny you can do with that information. And of course, remember to let us know how it went. In other news, bird watchers are flocking to Manchester to see the not-so-rare flying homeless meth heads as they take their first and last flights off of bridges in and around New Hampshire. And while we know that that joke is in bad taste, we should probably mention two things. One, either everything is funny or nothing is funny. And two, we already said that we are giant assholes. If you've listened this far into the show and are still shocked, well, then that's kind of on you at this point. Latest Jumper took his ill-fated flight off of the bridge on Hughes Road and did a really well-performed impression of a pancake as he landed on a section of 293 split near the Mall of New Hampshire. Authorities believe that the reason behind the rise in Jumpers is due to mental illness issues and drug use among the homeless, while the rest of New Hampshire just wants someone to actually do something about it. And of course, they're also wondering if their insurance policies still cover them when it rains crackheads. And in our final New Hampshire story tonight, a dairy New Hampshire restaurant is most likely about to have a We Promise It's Safe to Come Back sale pretty fucking soon. After 27-year-old John Kratz of Candy allegedly opened fire at the Lobster Claw 2 and killed his 64-year-old uncle, also named John Kratz of Sandown. Motherfucker killed the man he was named after. That's fucking cold. Motive is yet unknown in the shooting, but John Kratz... The alleged shooter, not the dead guy, is currently being held on bail after a plea of not guilty was entered on his behalf. We can speculate as to the actual reason behind the shooting, but when we tried, it got really fucking dark real quick. And while those kind of jokes may be funny as shit, we'll respect the dead and hold off. Besides, child rape jokes are timeless. We got plenty of time until his trial to come up with some really good ones. Maybe something involving him, his uncle, and what he's willing to do to get those Pokemon cards when he was six. Here at Drunken Advantage Malt Liquor, we want to make sure to thank all of our wonderful customers with a new promotion that we want to try out. So starting this month until Christmas, if you open a bottle of our fine malt liquor and Clem's finger is in there, well then you let us know right away and after a healthy course of antibiotics, we want to take you on a tour of our facilities. Starting with the gathering of ingredients in back of the market basket on Elm Street, you can root through the dumpsters with us collecting everything that you think could possibly ferment just like we do in the alley. And after we gather everything we need, we'll take you on a special trip to see our brewing lab at your local mobile gas station in the bathroom with the broken lock. Unless they fix that lock, then maybe we can make it in the McDonald's bathroom. After we show you all the tips and tricks we utilize to produce for you our Drunken Advantage malt liquor, and you help us gut the cat for the next brew pot, we'll introduce you to the founder of Drunken Advantage malt liquor, good old Eustace G. McGorry. He brewed the first batch of a fine adult beverage in a rusty pot he stole from some homeless people way back in the days of hairbands and Aquanet. A time when the world most needed a drunken advantage. Now when you meet old Eustace, make sure not to stare. He may have lost a foot to the diabetes, but his bullets don't need feet, and they always win the race. So make sure to stock up and drunken advantage malt liquor, because now until Christmas you have a chance to be shot in the dick by a crazy drunk old fuck. <laughs> 
because that's how we say thank you. Drunken Advantage Malt Liquor, now with less hepatitis. Drunken Advantage Malt Liquor may say that it is now less hepatitis, but that is just for advertising. Current testing show an increase in hepatitis, and additionally, testing results show positive for Super AIDS. stuck around to hear another edition of our world just our little way of saying that we're all shitty people so let's at least try to enjoy it first up tonight on our world apparently all that talk about people being worried that china is spying on us through social media was no joke as montana becomes the first state so far to entirely ban the app tiktok whether you think they should be wearing tinfoil hats or not montana isn't fucking around this time as they first introduced the bill in february and have quickly moved to pass it into law not only possibly saving their citizens from the communist reach of china but also saving them from those annoying as fuck videos of some desperate for attention fat chick putting on makeup while she talks about something I once saw in Unsolved Mysteries. Backlash is expected from the younger crowd in Montana. Some are saying that they'll be using VPNs, so their phones will still be able to launch the app. Because apparently TikTok is equivalent to crack, I guess. Also reports are some of those who produce content for TikTok feel that they're going to have to move out of the state of Montana. And those reports also state that longtime residents of Montana are more than fine with that. Elsewhere tonight, if you don't know the name Gary Marcus, maybe take a look. Because the man credited with helping to make artificial intelligence what it is, is sending out a big fucking warning that we need to keep close eye on this shit or someday Siri and other AI like it may be telling us what to do. And that's only if they even need us. While Gary Marcus isn't alone in his warnings that the beginning of Terminator 2 could become a reality very fucking quickly if the technology evolves at its current pace, most are completely knocked wonky by the fact that it isn't activists that are approaching places like Congress and other organizations begging for regulation. It's the companies themselves that would be regulated that are coming to the table and asking for rules and laws to be made to prevent them from creating the first real-life Matrix knockoff. So unless you really think that you are the second coming of Neo, maybe we should start listening to these guys who are warning about the end of the world. Next night, after almost 100 years, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile has finally succumbed to the Snickers and Dick jokes, as they've decided to change the name of the famous rolling hot dog to the Frank Mobile, immediately losing half the appeal it once had, as children and corny fathers everywhere really only liked it because of the name. This recent move by the Oscar Mayer company has been a real blow to many communities around the country, as some are seeing through what they are calling a charade by the meat product company and are recognizing it for what they say it is, which is Oscar Mayer is made out of children. And we here at the PPN News do not follow this ideology that Oscar Mayer is made out of children and in no way support the growing movement that Oscar Mayer is made out of children. We feel that anyone who states that Oscar Mayer is made out of children or even insinuates that Oscar Mayer grounds up orphan children and turns them into bologna and hot dogs and feeds them to you is completely out of line and should apologize for saying that the hard bits in Oscar Mayer bologna are baby teeth. Because everyone knows that isn't true, that Oscar Mayer is made out of children. There. Hopefully that takes care of those nasty rumors. And, uh, thanks, Gilbert. 
Somebody go tell Red Foreman that his next foot and ass appointment is here as Danny Masterson, who played the character Hyde on the television program That 70s Show, is currently waiting on jury deliberations in his retrial after three women accused the actor of drugging and raping them and using his influence with the Church of Scientology to shield himself from consequences. So basically he pulled the Bill Cosby with the little Catholic priest scandal on top. Not a lot of support has been publicly shown for Masterson, with the exception of his wife Bijou Phillips, which is fucking weird since her father is most notably known for supposedly doing pretty much the same thing to her sister. That's right, for those who didn't know, the guy who sang California Dream and End Monday, Monday, well, his daughter confessed to a 10-year incest-ridden consensual relationship she had with him as an adult. Seriously, if you want to read about a really fucked up story, just look into Papa John Phillips' relationship with his daughter Mackenzie. Getting back to the story, though, Masterson pled not guilty to the crimes, but if found guilty, could be looking as much as 40 years in prison if convicted in all three counts. Then finally denied new images of the sunken ship, the Titanic, are being produced showing a very detailed 3D model that, in all reality, is less of an archaeological site, more of a watery grave. Researchers believe these new images could lead to discovering exactly how the Titanic's hull failed, leading to its sinking in the northern Atlantic Ocean. While the rest of us remind them that, well, we've known why the Titanic sunk for a long fucking time now, and all that money and technology used to look at a broken ship that you already had pictures of could have been put to better use in helping out with things like figuring out why people still think Cher is sexy. All in all, no one expects much to come out of these new images, except maybe some better details of things no one has given a shit about in over 90 years. And that is our show for this week. Hopefully you pissed off all the right people and made the rest of you smile at least a little bit. If you have a butt slut joke that you want to have right on air, send them into thepeterbottnetwork at gmail.com. Our condolences go out to the family and friends of football legend Jim Brown, who passed away this week at the age of 87. We would say he left us too soon, but at the age of 87, we're pretty sure even Jim would tell you that God might just be a Browns fan. Remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us wherever you find us. You can also hear us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Also, the archives are up and running, and you can find every episode, all the songs, and every other shitty thing we've made here at the Peter Pod Network at PeterPodNetwork.com. The home of New Hampshire's shittiest little show. So we'll end this with another butt slut joke sent in from Jay and Derry. And it's a long one. So farewell in the back. I am Peter Pod and our mascot, Melissa Cody, a.k.a. the butt slut. Just had to get rid of her dog. Aww. Yeah, apparently her husband got sick of having two flea-ridden animals that cost him all his money and dragged their ass across the carpet. And since the animal shelter wouldn't take the bitch, he gave him the dog instead. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Monday, only on the Peter Pod Network. Here we are, we're what you want. Need you want if you don't.